0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast, I'm your host Steve McKnight, and to the show, we've got an interesting topic for you. We are talking about interest rates. And look, we make that joke every time we talk about you, interest you rates. You say that true. my
1: jokes are bad, and then you steal them, and then say that, like, they're your own.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I've got a, I've got a certain tone to it that makes them just sing a little bit more. All right, let's leave it there, and let, now, let's
1: look at what's up in re- interest rates.
0: Well, that's actually the sad thing,
1: Andrew, is that <laughs> things are up in interest rates. Walk us through what those are. So just at the weekend, ASB started the race by increasing increasing... increasing their interest rates, then all of the main banks followed. So ASB's one-year rate went from 2.19 to 2.55, and BNZ and Westpac followed that same trajectory. ANZ went from 2.19 to 2.5. Now just remember, this is what we call the carded rate, the advertised rate. You will get a better deal than that if you've got a good position with the bank and you're asking for more lending and you're using a broker. Often you might get that down you know, closer towards the 2%. Unless you're using the back by build product with ASB where you're floating rate minus a discount, which works out to be under 2%. So that would probably be what I would be doing anyway
0: right now. And certainly there still is the ANZ as well, which is even better than the Bank My Build rate from ASB, which I believe is about 1.68% at the moment. And I think the key thing to remember there is that it's not actually necessarily a discount from the floating rate. It is a a separate floating rate that is actually based off the OCR. Tied very, very closely to the OCR. Because the the money for the Bank My Build rate and the money for ANZ's equivalent rate comes directly from the Funding for Lending program. Now, let's talk about the Funding for Lending program in a minute. But we had a question from a long-time listener of the show who said, well, how come the Reserve Bank came out the other day, they kept the OCR exactly the same, 0.25%, how come that hasn't changed but interest rates are going up? And I have to say to this listener of the show, and you know who you are, that I don't think you've been listening, because over the last year, I've been bagging on about what else the Reserve Bank has been doing in order to be able to keep rates relatively low. So remember, there are three key things that the Reserve Bank has done over the last 15 months. First of all, they slashed the OCR, was at 1%, they slashed it by 75 basis points. It went down to 0.25%. That is still what it is and has been for a long time. The other thing they've introduced is the LSEP, the Large Scale Asset Purchasing Programme. This is quantitative easing. This is printing money. And what the Reserve Bank has been doing is taking a lot of money, printing it out, and buying up government bonds. Now, that has decreased the yield on a government bond because if there's lots of money out there being like, hey, we want to buy some government bonds, that means that the government can keep the interest rates low. They don't have to increase the interest rate in order to be able to get people buying them. And so that's kept long-term interest rates and wholesale interest rates very, very low. Other thing, funding for lending programme. This is where the Reserve Bank, again, have been making lots of money available to directly give to banks to try and decrease those lending costs. And the banks, what they've been doing is using the funding for lending programme to start things like the Back My Build and ANZ's equivalent product where funding for new builds, really, really cheap, 1.68%. So those are the three things. Now, what the Reserve Bank has done is they've come out and they said, look, from late July, we are canning the LSAP. We're getting rid of the the large-scale asset purchasing programme. And that, in part, is going to cause the funding costs for banks to increase, the wholesale interest rates to increase. That makes it more expensive for the banks to get money to then lend out to people, and that is going to cause interest rates to increase. So they are stopping some of that stimulus, that monetary stimulus going out, which means that interest rates are set to rise. This has caused some of that here.
1: And this is something that, being in the market for a long time it's really important to understand that OCR is not what controls the interest rates as a whole. There's always other things going on, and particularly with some of those longer-term interest rates as well, that's mostly dependent on what's happening offshore. And so don't always just believe when you see... OCR or interest rates go up and they're talking about the official cash rate, that that means that you're going to have the exact amount of the official cash rate increase or decrease passed on by the banks. And talk to us, Andrew, what do
0: these interest rate changes effectively mean for property investors?
1: So I'm glad you asked that, Ed, because I forgot to mention that before. So on a 600K mortgage, if it's on interest only, it's about between $36 and $40 a week extra that you're going to have to pay so what that does mean is we are noticing a few more properties being negatively geared from day one which again it's not necessarily the end of the world you know if you're borrowing hundred percent of an investment then yeah okay it's normal to put something in there it does mean that you know if you're buying an existing property as a rental by the time you factor in that 36 to forty dollars extra and then the tax that you're going to have to pay on that the interest not having that deductibility it's going to have quite a bit of impact.
0: Though one thing that I've got to say as well, Andrew, is it wasn't that long ago where interest rates were 4% and investors were still being active in the market.
1: And also as rates go up, that's generally to slow down a housing market. So no one's complaining if they're topping up by $100 a week, if they're making $500 in growth per week.
0: Now, let's just walk it through as well why these have started to increase as well. Because it's not just due to the LSAP, the Large Scale Asset Purchasing Program, because remember, that's not ending for a week, but rates are already rising. Now, it's quite interesting that banks in New Zealand, about 60 to 70% of the money that they get to then lend out comes from term deposits. Now what's been interesting is since the end of April this year, term deposit rates have been gradually rising. They've gone up from about 0.86 to about 1.2, depending which measure you're looking at. So they've gone up by about 40 odd basis points, 0.4 of a percent. Now, because banks have had to increase term deposit rates in order to get enough funding to then lend out, that's meant that their funding costs have increased. It costs more money for banks to get funds in so they can then on-lend them. And because of that hey, what's going to happen? They've got to put the rates up that they're charging you to take out a mortgage from the bank because the vast majority of it comes from those term deposits. So if term deposit rates go up because the banks need to attract more capital, more money in which they can lend out, then that is going to increase your mortgage rates as well because they need to incentivize people to actually bring them back on. And I think we do see that in terms of how much money is actually invested in term deposits. So it's quite interesting, February last year, there was about $171 billion, $171 billion invested in term deposits here in New Zealand. Now that's down $143 billion. So the amount of money invested in term deposits is down 16%. But hey, remember that banks are lending out more money as well because house prices have gone up and there is so much demand out there for property. So banks are lending more money. They've had a lot of money to lend. But the amount in term deposits has decreased, which means that they've got to get more money in there to be able to keep lending out.
1: Well, everyone's investing in all these build funds now, aren't they? Well,
0: I'm not so sure about that. What I'm seeing actually is that people are just lending leaving that money liquid. So, because the rates have been so low, what we've seen is people aren't investing in term deposits, but there is money in savings account and transaction accounts that has increased. So, people are just leaving it there rather than investing at 0.8%, they'll leave it there and keep it liquid. So, they just won't invest at all in some cases. And we see that in savings account balances are up from 82 billion to 111 billion. Transaction balance is roughly the same. So, people just aren't using it, they're not investing it at all. And so, what the banks are having to do is increase the term deposit rate, try and get those converted over to term deposits so that they're able to lend that out. And so because of that, that's flowing through into the mortgage rates. Now, we've had a lot of questions and this, is, this kind of topic is mixed in with interest rates and funding costs for banks and monetary stimulus. And the other thing that we haven't mentioned is the I word, inflation. <laughs> inflation. And there's been a lot of people worrying about this. We've had quite a lot of people writing in asking about this. And what I want to say is that inflation generally can be a very, very good thing for property investors. Why is that, Andrew? Well,
1: there's two main reasons. Firstly, inflation decreases the size of your mortgage, all other things being equal. What do you mean by that? Well, firstly, inflation decreases the size of your mortgage, all other things being equal. And I guess what we mean by that,
0: because you almost wanted to do a double take there. What do you mean it decreases the size of my mortgage? So let's say you've got a $100,000 mortgage, and then we have inflation of 10%. So money now is worth less. Prices go up, things are worth more, or Things the, the sticker price on things is more, maybe you get a pay rise. Your mortgage stays the same. Your mortgage doesn't go up with inflation. And so people with debt and all other things being equal, and we're going to go through what isn't equal in a second, but inflation decreases the size of your mortgage because money is worth less, and so the value of your debt is worth
1: less in real terms. The other part is that inflation increases your income, which means that your tenants probably have the ability to pay higher rents as time goes on. So of course, that is also quite useful when your mortgage isn't going down, and if your interest rates go up, okay, that's all right because I can charge more rent. But it is a double-edged sword, so there are some negatives because inflation does cause interest rates to increase. So you've got to have that counteraction as well. And certainly, if you are highly leveraged, one factor is going in your
0: way, because if you've got quite large inflation, of course, then the size of your mortgage goes down relatively. Unfortunately, of course, that does mean that your interest rate is potentially going to go up as well as the Reserve Bank starts to combat that inflation. Remember, they're trying to get it between 1% and 3%. We have been on the lower side of that recently. But if inflation does start to spiral, that's the point where we might expect them to start to fight it. Now, one thing that I do need you to be aware of is the difference. We're going to get a bit nerdy here, but I think if you're listening to this show, I'm probably among friends here. There is a difference. The closest
1: you'll get to friends, yep. <laughs>
0: There is a difference between what we call headline inflation and underlying inflation. Oh, what does that mean? So headline inflation is what gets reported in the media. So they might say inflation 3.5%, and it's above the Reserve Bank's target of 1% to 3%. There are a whole number of factors that could cause aggregate prices, so overarching prices, to increase relatively quickly. So if there are one-off shipping costs rising, uh, if there are one-off factors such as the increase in minimum wages, which are then passed on in the form of cafes putting up their prices and anybody who employs a lot of low-skilled, low-wage workers putting up their prices. Now, that would impact headline inflation. That would not impact what we call underlying inflation. And so what the Reserve Bank will also do is look at, well, okay, we've got overarching inflation, what actually happened to prices. But let's take out any of those one-off factors. Let's take out the increase in shipping costs, which isn't going to be the same next time. Let's take out the increase in GST that we had when GST increased from 12.5 to 15%. Let's take out any of those one-off factors so we just see how are prices generally moving caused by economic effects. And that is what the Reserve Bank is trying to keep between 1 and 3%. Now the reason I tell you this is that the Reserve Bank is coming out already and saying we expect that headline inflation will be high. We expect there some one-off factors which is going to push headline inflation up. Now, when the media reports this, my key message to you is not to get spooked, is not to think that interest rates are going to go back up to 7% or 6% or some enormous number, because that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that the Reserve Bank is going to look calmly at the underlying inflation rate. And if it starts to creep up, above the 3%, if it starts to creep up around the 2.5%, that's when they're going to start to take more action to ensure that that comes back down. But the key thing is to listen to your old mate Ed, old baby Tony over here, and remember, (laughs) (laughs) I love saying that, and just remember that there is a difference between headline inflation and underlying inflation, and tell your family, tell your kids, tell your best friends <laughs> when, when you're at, next at the PTA barbecue, because this is <laughs> what, a message. Why
1: that- are these people's best friends at the PTA barbecue, Ed? Parent association. do yeah, yes, know, but people have friends outside of that and, and your podcast fans. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, wherever. Where else do people go? The cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, honestly, never go to a movie with Ed halfway through. We go, hey, do you know about headline inflation? Yeah, you know, when you have a chit-chat to the people at the supermarket, the, 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 the people scanning your groceries. Yep. Tell them. This is why I order online. Well, so, let's wrap it up then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's very important, kids. Right, anyway, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really helps to get the message out to more people. And hey, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Why is that? Because we are starting a new series where we are delving into how to become a property developer. So if you're interested in property development, we've got four awesome episodes for you. We're going to go through how to get the money. We're going to talk about how to find the first project, all of those kinds of things. It's going to be a fantastic series. And of course, tonight is the night. The Deal goes live at 7pm, Wednesday, the 21st of July. Go to thedeal.co. I'm going to link that in the show notes. So tap a swipe over the cover art. link in there. It is going live tonight. I can't wait for you to watch it at 7pm. Make sure you tag us into your Instagram stories when you are watching tonight because I can't wait for you yeah. to see it. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Andrew McCall. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies tactics and to help you get the most out of using Zealand property market.